So good to be with you guys. Welcome. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dan. Hannah and I get the honour of leading this incredible church. And uh, it is so good to celebrate with you today everything God has done in us and through us. And, and we want that to forever be the heartbeat here. Before I get in too much, we have two very incredible people in our church. We have lots of incredible people, but uh, if you've never met Pastors Chris and Kathy White, they helped start our church 42 years ago, along with great friends and mentors, Eric and Christine Harrison. They are spiritual parents to me. I remember being 14 and doing nighttime Bible college with Matt under Pastor Chris and just looking up to them so much. Uh, Pastor Kath has covered us in prayers for decades, and I adore these guys guys, and I'd love them to come and share about their journey along the years with giving. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Oh, um, it's funny this morning, I'm not usually feeling nervous, but... Uh, He's Chris and I'm Kath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And some of you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm Christine, yeah. But that's another story. Um, look, first, I'd, I'd just really like to honour our friends, uh, Eric and Chris. Thank you so much for what you put into us. Can you stand up? Can you stand up? Come on. We knew these guys before we were Christians and Kathy grew up with uh, Christine and I met Erica a little bit later and we knocked around together and uh, went our separate ways and ended up back together again here on the Gold Coast and uh, part, Eric had been to uh, Bible College in uh, NZ and uh, it came out, felt calling of God to come back over here. And... The first thing these guys taught us, well, not, maybe not the first thing, but just the most important thing these guys ever taught us was about giving. For us, we'd left everything. We had nothing. <laughs> so giving, we'd taken on a whole new life and part of the characteristic of that life was giving. And, and it it was just about who we were. But Eric and Chris had a vision to build something. And uh, a whole bunch of us got on board and thought, yeah, let's do something. And amongst us, none of us had anything, seriously. We, were, we really didn't have much at all. And uh, I remember the first thing we did, we had a garage sale on the highway up at uh, Palm Beach and um, people brought along the best of what they had and it wasn't much. It, I think I, I might be wrong, we raised $600 or something like that, it was, it was just nothing. But looking back, I just see God's heart seeing ours and, and just blessed us and it, and it it was a catalyst that launched us into a, into a journey that, that we went through for years and renting horrible buildings and coal buildings. And I was talking to Pastor Graham about it the other day. We used to carry the speakers, these 
great big speakers up the stairs to the office that we had in Palm Beach and the doors opened outwards. <laughs> and, and we would do this week in, week out. And, um, and we just knew we needed to have something that we could call our own. Um, Pastor Dan's mum and dad were our neighbours and uh, Pastor Dan wasn't born. And, uh, and we would jump the fence and have a cup of tea every afternoon and we'd pray together and talk about God together. And, and just this journey of, of God bringing these people together. Where's, where's Johnny? Is Johnny, where's... Is, is seniors out the back, is he? Okay. But there, there's more than just, more than just John. There's, but um, with just God's hand in, in the midst of, of all of us. And something that Kathy and I had held to was that just do what's in front of you. So I did all sorts of crazy things. You know, I've drummed, preached, did children's church once. (laughs) 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 Just to do what's in front of us. And giving's been a part of that. Just do what's in front of you. Do what you can do. Give what you can give. The highs and lows. but we had committed ourselves, and this is what we did, regardless of our, where we were in life. It's what we did. And, um, initially, it was, I was on an invalid pension, went from there and um, ended up on staff here. I think being on an invalid pension was like a pre, precursor <laughs> to going into ministry. <laughs> so, and eventually I went into business and now I've retired, I'm on a pension and, but we've committed ourselves to giving um, over this time it's been 42 years and uh, it goes so so quick that um, it, it really does but I guess for us today something that really blesses us is that we stand in our legacy yeah. <laughs> it's who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought, guys? Who would have ever thought 40, 42 years ago that having that little garage sale that we would, we would be a part with a the bunch of the most incredible people that we have journeyed with, the most generous, giving people that, that gave when they had nothing. And God has just been so faithful to stand beside us. Hey. And um, I guess what I would encourage you is you might think, you know, you're probably not even thinking, where will you be in 40 years? But can I encourage you? Cast a vision today. Be inspired by what you see and by what you hear that you will leave a legacy. Have I got it wrong again, have I? Sure? No. They're just being naughty, are they? It's my job. Can I encourage you, and I know I'm big on this, but put your roots down. And if, if you're here and this is where God wants you, let your roots go deep. Commit yourself to this place for the rest of your life. We can't have gone to other places or whatever, but boy, I really believe God places us in the body and he placed us here. And um, it has just been such a wonderful, wonderful journey. And I couldn't encourage you enough. If, you, if you're thinking, what am I going to do? Put your roots down. And we've, our, our 
during this time, it's been like a passing parade of people that have come and come through this place and, and heard about the love of Christ. But it's all because of people that put their hand to the plough and say, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to make this happen. And God takes the little you have. We've been able, we could, at times we had nothing. We could only give little. There's times where we did really well in business and we could give more. And now we're back on a pension, but we just give. And it's just, again, because we just thank you guys for teaching us that. But, um, sorry, I've taken up all the time, That's sweetheart. Right. <laughs> you dancer, Maria. I let him go because he's a storyteller. But um, before we had the, um, what we were going to do, the order of the service this morning, I said, we'll try and behave ourselves. And somebody said, don't. <laughs> so I was thinking back in the garage sales that we had. We had one at our place and people bought their stuff and we picked up this pair of jeans and they still had undies in them. <laughs> <laughs> it turned inside out. You know, so. <laughs> we had fundraisers to do fundraisers. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it was a lot of fun doing yeah. the things that we did. Yeah. And um, we've had so much fun along the way and there has been struggles and dark times and everything as well. But by the grace of God, we're here yeah. still. Yeah. So if you're here today, it's by the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. And we just give glory yeah. to yeah. Him yeah. for holding us for these 42 yeah. years. And we give glory to God for all you guys, whether you've been here since 1981, when we got saved and um, Eric and Chris never gave up on us, prayed for us. I remember Christine saying, what if Kath and Chris got saved as well? Wouldn't that be awesome? But they never gave up. So here we are through their legacy and you have a story. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. It's your story. Hold on to that story. Share that story that you have because it's what God's given to you that you can give to others. And it's through your story that we're going to win people. And, you know, money is, you know, our attachment to money is how we give money anyway. So we need to continually ask God. God, do I have any unhealthy attachment to finances and that? Help me, set me free from that so I can give freely of my finances. I don't want any... Um, I made a decision early in our marriage that I was never going to argue over finances because it's only money. And I just think it was God's grace that puts things on our heart to do and not to do. So stay connected to God and yeah, amen. Love you guys. How blessed are we to get to do life together? So many incredible people in this room, amen. Thank you, Carla, wonderful. Can we thank the band, phenomenal job. I had a bit of a perfect storm this week. A Tuesday morning, got in the office and just 
shaking, couldn't get warm, so did a few meetings we had to do and went home, slept all afternoon and had two days fevers in bed that led to uh, Thursday night ear infection. And the reason I say perfect storm, I discovered a few things this week. Number one is I have surfer's ear in both ears. So the guy's like, oh, you got two bones like that growing down in your eardrum. Two thumbs up, thank you. Uh, Then the ear infection inflamed it on already narrower passage. And then I hadn't had my ears cleaned of wax ever. And so the wax had built up so much it had blocked it. And so it was trying to get out the ear infection or like have some kind of air and it just couldn't. And I was in agony, Friday, agony, uh, saying to Anne, I was like, I can't remember being in this much pain, just squeezing my head, painkillers doing nothing. And 2 a.m. Friday, you know, you want to say it's God. God works in mysterious ways. 2 a.m. Saturday, sorry, I was there. And I just couldn't sleep. I'm sitting at the table and chairs out there. And I'm like, Lord, if you want me to keep going for miracles, I've got to see something. I've been in pain for like two days now. And at that moment, my eardrum perforated and started... <laughs> Uh, hence this, it's still been oozing uh, blood and pus and all that. Yeah, so we're going to close right now. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll take it as something. It literally happened that moment. And so um, I was texting Graham the whole time, like, mate, I think I need you to cover for me. But then when the pain left, I'm just kind of, you know when your balance goes off when you just get thrown? I'm like, I, I want to be here. I want to celebrate you today and I've just got to be honest right at the front I get um, really hesitant to talk about money most of the time because Christians and and especially the charismatic church world has really uh, twisted the message of giving and money and where God fits in it all into a really um, heretical way not of the Bible not of God so I actually get nervous for a few reasons. If you think today is about money, it's not. I'd love you to see that. Pastor Graham's been trying to help you see that. Pastor Chris and Kath are trying to help you see that. Today is about people. And so as much as I get hesitant talking about money, what I need to constantly do, because I constantly see it in the Bible, is encourage you and actually lovingly just present the truth to you, is that you are called to be a generous person no matter what. And so today we are celebrating the business people who can give lots of money to the life of our church and the the pensioners or single parents who give very little. Both mean the same to us. Uh, The heartbeat the whole time, we've always said it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. And we want to keep coming back to that because, you know, we want to celebrate amounts and we wrestle with it all the time. We want to talk about amounts because we want financial transparency. We want you guys to feel like you can trust us we're right now debt free of everything uh, and we have money in the bank we're in a great position the reason is as pastor graham was saying and ask merrill the need in the community for food is rising so we're just having meetings at the moment with how we can get our hands on more to give more food away to people or to somehow work out a system there but we want to be ready to go and right now to be honest we are ready to go so today i'm not up here saying oh we need x amount more We've got that sitting there. We're ready to go. So now at the same time, though, if we stop giving, you and I are sitting in a building paid for and chairs that have been paid for and fit-outs and screens have been paid for, aircon's been paid for, we're going to have free lunch that's been paid for. 
Because of one thing, people see the joy in being a generous person. And so if you're here today and you, you honestly can't get there in your heart, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand. If you honestly can't get to a spot where you're like, how on earth could I be happier giving than keeping this money? Remember Mr. Burns? Any Simpsons fans out there? <laughs> um, what did Homer do? He did an auto phone call. He's like, greetings, friend. If you want ha happiness, just give one dollar to a happy dude. Mr. Burns goes, oh, eternal happiness for one dollar. I think I'd be happier with the dollar. <laughs> uh, anyway, Simpsons quotes always come back to me. But if you're there, in all honesty, and you, you don't think you could discover a joy in being a generous person in that's God's doing a work in you, don't worry about giving at the moment. What I predominantly want you to do, if you've heard me preach, is experience Jesus Christ. And I relentlessly will push you to do that. So I won't ever get to a point where you're like, oh, you never have to give, you never have to serve, you never have to help out, you never have to make disciples, you never have to do this, you never have to be on roster. I'm not going there. But if right now being on roster is actually detrimental to your walk with Jesus, you might need a break. If right now giving what you used to give is actually creating such a tension in your marriage or family that it's causing crazy pain and agony, you might need to pull back. But there's this place I'm going to keep coming back to where there is so much more joy in giving than receiving. And so today uh, I'm going to preach... I always say this and then don't. My goal is to preach quicker because I can't think, number one, and I wouldn't mind going out and having lunch with you guys, number two. If you've got your Bible, 2 Corinthians 8. This is, um, I think, is that your miracle up there? I'm going to stop at verse 8. I don't know if Denzel has the verse numbers there, but I'll stop at verse 8. I think I remember which one it is. Yeah, that's the right passage. I'll just cut it in half though. So this is the heartbeat of genuine love. Why do we call our building genuine love? Why do we call our giving campaign genuine love? Our food relief and op shop genuine love? It, it came from this uh, probably six or seven years ago for me. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant Joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Can we keep that there? Sorry, I just want to read that bit again. They're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor, but they're filled with abundant joy that's overflowed in rich generosity. That doesn't look like God wants to remove all your problems and issues and worries and give you such an overwhelmingly prosperous life that you can afford to give. That looks like the life God has called you to is so great and so wonderful. It's called Zoe in the New Testament. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. It's a Zoe life. It looks like that life God came to give you, nothing in this world can match it and nothing in this world can take it. That's what that looks like to me. They're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor, but they've just got so much dang joy that they want to give. 
Next verse, please, America. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. I don't prescribe that very far. I don't want you to get into such crippling debt because of how much you give here that you can't meet the needs of your family. Uh, That would have to be a unique call God gives to you, not through me, just straight to you, that you and your spouse agree upon. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. How beautiful is that? They even did more than we'd hoped for, for their first action. I love this. Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many other ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I think there's one more bit. This is, this is the last bit I'll finish with. I'm not commanding you to do this. But I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We love you, we love you, God. Uh, Today as we celebrate not just money, what we celebrate today is you working through us, filling us, transforming us, killing idols in our heart that culture keeps rebuilding. We celebrate the work that you are doing to give us this life abundantly, this Zoe life that doesn't look like an abundance of things. It looks like an abundance of you. It looks like direct access to the throne room of grace and forever eternal, limitless joy and hope and peace in the midst of chaos. We celebrate you, God. Everything you're doing here, we give you praise, we give you glory. Lord, I thank you so much. Every person here today that gives and serves and rocks up and helps out and goes out of their way for other people, just continue to fill them with your joy. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. A couple of things to pull out of this. Number one, I just love that. It starts off this whole thing, this whole chapter, even the next chapter, it's about giving, 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9. It's about giving. Giving, giving, giving. And how does it start off? I want you to know what God in his kindness has done. The first thing we're celebrating today is the goodness of God. And it always has to be that. I just want to keep saying the obvious. If if this is all just about buildings and it's all just about money and it's all just about amounts, then let's be honest, we, we probably should be going and making pledges for government grants or going to multi-millionaires looking for a tax deduction. And it's like, oh, we have a tax deductible giving and we, we could get significantly more money going out of this pond. But that's not the goal. The goal isn't lots of money. The goal is God in his kindness changing us and flowing through us. 
And so the kindness isn't, oh, we got a random grant from the government for a million dollars. Like, okay, that's nice. But when you see a life change forever, when you see someone saved, born again, set free, and now this joy in their heart, I'm like, God, you are so good. We looked last week at this. I planted seed, Apollos watered seed, but only God can make it grow. So what's important is that the Lord makes it grow. When I look at a life change, I'm like, Lord, you did it again. You're so good. And today we are celebrating that. We're celebrating what God in his kindness has done. I'm just so grateful to have been in this church my entire life. As Chris and Kath were saying, Eric and Chris have just been the most incredible phenomenal pastors to have my whole life. And, and what I love about this church, and I believe we've maintained it, is we, the reason we give glory to God is because it was a work of God. It should be obvious, but sometimes it's not. One of the verses that kind of uh, brings a godly fear into me in the Bible, does anyone remember in Daniel chapter 4, the story of Nebuchadnezzar? Does it kind of ring a bell if you've read that Old Testament book, great name. But uh, anyway, in Daniel chapter 4, we read Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, it's a fascinating lesson here. One day, Nebuchadnezzar walked out onto his palace and he said, look at what I have built with my hands. That very moment, voice came from heaven saying, Nebuchadnezzar, Right now, you'll be driven out into the field for seven seasons. We don't even know how long. You'll be, live like an animal. Uh, something like, you know, claws will grow long and hair will grow and blah, blah, blah. You'll eat from the ground. You'll look like a madman. And it happens. The king is driven out there of, of a very powerful kingdom at the time, the Babylonian Empire, if you will. And for seven seasons, this happens. And then the Lord came down, it literally says, and restored his sanity. And in that moment, he stood upright and gave glory to God and then was restored to his kingdom. Let's never stop giving the glory to God for everything that happens here of eternal value. We all of us own this building together. Just so you know, Hannah and I can't sell it and go buy a yacht in the Bahamas. I don't even want a yacht. I hate boats. I don't get the idea of them. I'm like, okay, let's just buy something you inject money into constantly and have to clean and fix. But uh, we can't do that. It's like having kids. I'm like, all right, I've already got something I inject money into and clean all the time. This is ours, right? But here's the thing I also believe is that one day when you pass from this place to go to stand before God, you're not going to be like, hey, Lord, look at 5 Queensbury Avenue. Look what I helped build. Look at the building. Look at the paint job. Look at the chairs. Look at the carpet. We did it. Because God, as much as it wants a home and a building and a church, it's not about the home or the building of the church. It's about people. And God in his kindness is coming down to fix our hearts, as Graham said to us, to focus on others, for us to see this is all about people. What God in his kindness has done, second thing which I've just kind of jumped into, so they are being tested by many troubles. They are very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy. It's overflowed in rich generosity. 
Genuine love, the heartbeat of what we do today, genuine love, it's about having an abundance of joy, not an abundance of things. This is not about, all right, if you're here and you're making above X amount, and you can give above X amount, then we'd love for you to join our elite social club and we'd love for you to come up here to the gold members. We're just right here, we're going to do front row seats for gold members. That, that's not what this is. It's about people seeing that this world cannot offer us joy. This world can offer you happiness. The reason I keep banging this drum is I'm just convinced Instagram and ads on TV are constantly bombarding you with the opposite message. That if you buy this, if you travel here, if you go here, you'll receive joy. You won't. I can just promise you, in about a week later, you'll be like, oh, I wish I was back there. Oh, I wish I was still eating there. I wish I was doing that again. It won't give you permanent joy. But when you have God in your heart, you've got that permanent joy. And that permanent joy isn't offered by the world, but it also can't, the world can't steal it. So these guys, it's not like they were trouble-free with heaps of money in the bank and a great mortgage, uh, a pension account, sorry. Um, it, what's the word I'm looking for? Superannuation, thanks, mate. I'm not even close to retiring, so I don't know what they're even called. What's that thing again? You know what they're about. He's three years away from retiring. Come on, that's true. He's, he, every time I call him, he's like, less than three years now, Dan. I'm like, great. It's good, bud. Served our community a long time, mate. We're proud of you. Where was I? Abundance of joy, not an abundance of things. This, this genuine love, once again, has to be first and foremost about bringing people to Jesus and then keeping them close to Jesus. Psalm 1611 says, O Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who's at the right hand of the Father? His name is Jesus. Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. I missed something. I can't hear, so if, I'm just going to keep going. In your presence. And I, I want you to catch this, church. I actually beg you, I beg you, I beg you to catch this. The joy that Jesus offers doesn't exist. Like It's not the carrot at the end of the stick like when you're mortgage-free or when something happens, or you have that building, or you have this person in your life. It's not that. It's on offer now. It's here, and it's now, and it looks like you and God being close. That is what genuine love is about. God and his kindness transforming you, changing you to be a new creation. The old has gone. All of this work is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. The heart of the gospel is about you and Jesus. The heart of genuine love is about you and Jesus. And that's why I'm not going to give you an amount to give, because I don't know what you're going through. For some people, a small amount is a sacrifice, and it's being faithful. For other people, a very large amount, and it's being faithful. This might be a weird comparison. In, in Matthew 14, Jesus comes walking on the boat. Remember, and, and Simon Peter goes, Lord, if it's you, call me out. And he says, okay, come. He steps out of the boat and he walks on water. Something I loved when someone pointed this out. 
Please remember, the start of that story starts with, and Jesus commanded them to get into the boat and go across the sea. Therefore, the disciples who stayed in the boat were just as faithful as Peter who got out of the boat and walked on water. Sometimes we're looking to praise the really cool stuff and we're like, Peter was the faithful one. They were all faithful because they were obedient to Jesus. If God has not called you to do something and you don't feel it, your spouse doesn't feel it, your leader doesn't feel it, well, don't do it. I'm, it, I'm not saying give this crazy amount. I'm saying God is calling each and every one of us, though, to something. He wants you to be a generous person. He wants you to discover the joy in giving. God and his kindness, changing our hearts. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. I love this. First John 4. Chapters, uh, verse 10 to 12, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. I'll read that again. No one's ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. I love that. It's about being a part of something. It's about what you can contribute we're going to talk on marriage in August and something that is just so fundamental in my opinion is not rocking up with a list of demands, but how can I contribute to this marriage being healthy? And the same goes with church. It doesn't, don't come here going, oh, how's your kids program? What beans do you use in the coffee machine? Why, I don't care. What, what, come and be a part of something. Come and contribute. Come and don't burn yourself out, but be a part of the family here. Get on board with what we are doing, because here's the thing. Oh, this is so good. The Bible is just so good to my soul. They begged us again and again for the privilege, catch this, of sharing. In John chapter 14, verse 16, the word for the Holy Spirit is he will be the comforter. That in the Greek is parakletos. He will be the comforter, parakletos. It means to come alongside you and comfort you. What we are called to do, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing. That word sharing is paraclesis. I want to change the way you think yet again. This is so much more than putting money into an account. This is about C3 Corumban coming alongside our community going, how can we help? If the Holy Spirit is our comforter, parakletos, and he has sent us into the world to be the paraklesis, we are not called to just raise an amount and give an amount. We're called to come alongside and serve. Picture this. I've got two kids, five and eight, Dawn and Abel, both at school now, which is wonderful. And we're just trying to get in that routine of every afternoon. Okay, some homework, some homework, something. And often, they just want help. Just picture this, though. If I get home and I'm sitting on my phone, I'm scrolling, and they're like, oh, Dad, can you, can you help me with my homework? And I yell out, yep, already done it. Mortgage was paid this month. 
No, no, Dad, can you help me with my homework? Power bill was paid to, you're good to go. What they need in that moment is not to know that there's money to make sure the room is open. They actually need someone to come and sit with them and help them in that moment. And see, as much as I'm grateful for people giving money, the heart that I keep trying to instill is the heart that God has called us to, is we are called to come alongside our community and go, how can we help? Let's partner with people, amen? Let's hear people right now, people who have incomes, uh, fairly good jobs, mortgage rates are high, fear is high, they're struggling to even afford food. And guess what? Sometimes a free box, even though it helps them a free box of food, the main thing they want is just to be heard. Leanne and Meryl and the team just do a phenomenal job over at Every Thursday Food Relief. They just want to know that someone's there for them. Let's be there for our community. Amen? I'll finish with this. Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Genuine love. Let's first give ourselves to God and then give our lives to people. See, religion will always say, if I give, then God will be happy with me and I'll feel like he loves me. But relationship always says, God has already satisfied my soul. My life is his and all that I have. One of my favorite verses, I know I say that a lot, but this one really is, is Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. When you really get God, when you get, understand salvation, that he created you for relationship, sin destroyed that relationship, the sin in your heart, so he came and lived the life you couldn't live, then died on the cross, that sinner's death, because of you, because he loves you. And then he didn't just want to save you and clean you and go, okay, off you go. He wanted that closeness. He, he, he wanted to be one with you. He wanted you. You get that? You're like, oh my goodness, in salvation, I don't just get a shower. I don't just get clean in his sight. I get him. I get relationship. I get the Father at home all the time invested into me. Like what? Oh my gosh, this is insane. Can you see when you get that, I have all that I want now. Two things happen. One is these fleeting pleasures of the world, just they just fall to the ground. They're nothing in comparison to him. But two, I think Denzel was saying this last week, is when we get that, the one thing my heart does is, Lord, how can I partner with you then today? How can I join with you? We were commenting recently, randomly, our kids just started loving football because I am such a passionate Origin follower. And I definitely had to bring up the Origin this Sunday after such a wonderful game. I can't hear all the Blues supporters. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take a forward pass try every day of the week. But... 
And we're talking about, this is so random. They've never played. Even Dawn's like, oh, football. And she's asking questions. She wants to know everything. And then whenever there's a comp on, you know, the comp started in Brazil the other day. Oh, Dad, let's watch surfing now. Oh, it's Jack Robinson. Oh, Jack Robinson. They just love it. And Han was like, what is it? And I'm like, they just love doing stuff with Dad. Like, that's what it is. When you're in relationship, it almost... The thing is exciting that you're doing, but the most exciting thing is who you're doing it with. And I always want that to be our heart, church. This isn't us going and working and raising lots of money to have ambitions and desires. First and foremost, we give ourselves to God. And then we give ourselves to people. What I want you to do again and again and again, we've been talking about it all year. I'm going to keep talking about it all year. How can you stop and just wait on God, Holy Spirit? What do you want me to do? We're not taking up an offering today, just so you know. We're not launching our new campaign with some some changes and ideas we've got for another couple of weeks or a month. It's not the goal today. I want to keep bringing you back to this heart of the reason I constantly do want to encourage and challenge you to be a generous person is John, John. (laughs) God is a generous God. God is a generous God. And we are called to partner with him and join him in what he's doing. And I just can't see how selfish, self-focused Christianity could exist in that healthy relationship. Once again, I'm not giving you an amount. I'm actually challenging you to do something greater I preached here a few years ago and I remember saying at the start Christians you and I should wish that God just wants us to give money honestly for all of the fleshly things going on in here it would be significantly better if you only had to give money but God is calling you to do something so more, so much more, and that's to give your entire self. Luke chapter 9, 23. Anyone who desires to follow me, great. Lay down your life. Take up your cross daily and follow me. I'll finish with these quotes before we go into a time of worship. Has anyone ever heard of Jim Elliott, missionary? His wife, Elizabeth Elliott, phenomenal missionary, theologian, teacher. Jim Elliott, uh, recently married with baby, they went over, um, I didn't write down, I'm forgetting where, uh, to become missionaries. Someone can shout it out if they remember where. Somewhere in South America there. Jim Elliott had this wonderful quote. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He made that quote about six months before the tribe he was evangelizing killed him. Married with a baby. His wife, Elizabeth Elliot, only died a handful of years ago, went on to live a phenomenal life, had to come up with the ability and prayed for God to give her the strength to forgive these people, stayed there, went back and continued evangelizing and led a bunch of them to the Lord. She says this, There is no ongoing spiritual life without this process of letting go. 
at the precise point where we refuse to let go, growth stops. If we hold tightly to anything given to us, unwilling to let it go when the time comes to let uh, when the time comes to let it go or unwilling to allow it to be used as the giver means it to be used, we stunt the growth of our soul. Once again, you and I would be a lot better off if God only called us to give money. But he's called us to something so much greater, so much greater. Partnering with him, letting the grip of this world, the idols of this world constantly die. And they will constantly try to resurrect in your heart, I promise you. Keep killing them. Keep partnering with God saying, use me for your glory in so many ways. So church, today I'm here to celebrate with you. Celebrate every person that gives and every person that serves and every person that evangelizes and every person that witnesses and every person that knows their neighbors and every person that drops a meal over when someone is sick. You are being used by God for His glory. And I'm so grateful to do life with you. Let's continue to be used by Him and see His kindness work in us and through us. Amen? That's a genuine love. Can we stand to our feet?
beautiful service. Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for what a wonderful word. And Dan and Hannah for leading us again this year. Let's put our hands together for them. Even under such uh, pressure for his ear, champion. What a wonderful word. So encouraging and powerful. If anything uh, resonated in you today and you'd like some prayer for that, we're going to be here for a while. Otherwise, we're going to move out and have some lunch together. But we'd love to pray for you. Even if uh, just anything in the service, from the testimonies through to the Word. Let's let's come. Don't leave the same. We're not going to leave the same as we came. Let's believe God that His Word will change our lives. So come and we'll pray with you and then we can join the others for lunch. But what a fantastic day we're having. And let's continue and fellowship together outside. And um, Eric, you can stay out of the jumping castle this year, all right? Okay. No, you've done it for 30 years. You've been in the... <laughs> but let's have a great time. Let's, let's just close in prayer. Thank you, Father, for the great day we're having in your house. As we heard your word, Lord, help it to sink deep into our spirit. And your, we know that your word doesn't return to you void, but it changes our life. So we pray that word of God will change each of our lives, that we will find true joy in partnering with you to give, to move on our people around us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have a great time together.